please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. And this week, we're going to go a little out of order and start with the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, Jess? Uh, this week, we have the good, and it's coming out of Maine. And the Maine Senate has approved a bill to allow concealed firearms without permits. Um, this whole bill was sponsored by Eric Brackley, which is a Republican out of Auburn. Um, the bad is um, happening today over in Buckhead. We're going to have a rally for Moms Demand Action and Every Town USA. Is that the group? I think so. Together, and I and a few ladies from Georgia Carey are going to go over and attend this meeting and ask some questions that they probably don't know how to answer. Um, I would like to urge everyone to meet us there. This meeting is between two and five p.m. at the Public Library in Buckhead. And as for the ugly, the ugly is actually today's topic, which is why we were going to do the good, bad, and ugly in the very beginning, because. Today's topic is involving Cobb County and the Board of County Commissioners. Is that right, Doug? Yep. Tim Lee is the county chairman, and I know that we reached out to him to try to get him onto the show, and we wanted to give him a few extra minutes to try to call in. So what what was going on there? Um, From what I understood is that since HB 60 was passed last year, the county commissioners over in Cobb County are are a little afraid of the legal gun owners in Cobb County. So they have proposed and have voted in $1.2 million in funding, if I'm correct, to install detection devices where they meet. Is that correct? That is correct. The vote was taken on Tuesday. And apparently uh, passed four to zero, so there was a unanimous vote. So all four of them were scared to uh, spend one point two million dollars for new security features. And today, I, I reached out to Tim Lee. He is the uh, chairman of the board of commissioners, and I had extended an email and called his office and asked them to respond by our deadline, which was about at this point about twenty minutes ago. Uh, we kind of drug our feet here and and tried to make a a little extra time for them to reach out to us but as of right now they have chosen not to respond to our request for an interview to, to discuss this uh, rather unprecedented vote so at this point i mean we're we're running out of time to be able to get the show on the air for you folks so we're doing what we can but apparently uh, tim lee nor his office nor the the uh, deputy chairman or their press liaison has deemed it uh, appropriate to, to respond to our request for an interview. So apparently they're not interested in explaining why they're afraid of the people who carry firearms in their county? 
or why they put this on the agenda without fully announcing it. I mean, this came up, I saw it pop up early Tuesday morning. I want to say like 7 o'clock in the morning. Somebody had noticed that they were going to be doing a vote on $1.2 million worth of additional spending for security. And, you know, when you when you hear something like that, the first thought you have is, okay, well, Cobb has gone through some interesting growth period over the last couple of years. I mean, they've had a, they built a new courthouse. They've built a new parking deck. They've got some other things going on in the county, and I could understand that there are some lapses in security, especially when you start to think about the boondoggle that is the new Brave Stadium and the spending going on there with the gigantic new bridges and new bus service and new everything else going on. There may be some need for an additional expenditure. Plus, Cobb just built a new jail, I want to say about five years ago, which houses uh, a significant increase in the number of inmates that they can have at any one time, and that that may have some other effects that they needed to renovate either with the, from the old jail building or with some of the security f- procedures that went through, things that needed updating. And I, I can kind of understand that there may be legitimate reasons. But apparently uh, a chunk of this, a, a large chunk. All of it? Not all of it. No, there there is. And from what I heard, and I wasn't able to make it down to the meeting because it was such short notice on what was going to be discussed at the meeting. But from what I've heard from people who are there, there are there is money being allocated for security cameras in the new parking garage. There's money being allocated for um, co- co- card readers. I know that if you're a member of the Cobb County Bar Association, you can get a card that lets you skip security to come straight into the court building. But I thought there, that those cards were like $300 a year. Year, and that's what paid for the card readers. Membership in the Cobb County Bar Association is $300 a year. So the, why are they not using part of that to pay for the card readers? Because the Cobb County Bar Association isn't responsible for security at the courthouse sheriff's department is. But what does the Cobb County Bar Association actually do? It's just a club, isn't it? Kinda. So why are they... You have to be a member of the Cobb County Bar Association to be able to get public defender cases in Cobb County or to get the card. Um, beyond that, they, they have an annual meeting. Oh, so you're paying $300 a year for a meeting? Something like that. What do you get a meet at, with the Wicked Witch of the West or the Wicked Witch of the East? It, it's at the the uh, country club. Mm. So, anyway. $300 a year, folks. They give you a bowl to wash your fingers in during courses. Well, you know, the you, you do... You are eligible to get the the skip over security card, which is kind of nice because otherwise you end up standing in a line for three hours to get through security to or go to your court. Not being able to date. carry your gun into the courthouse. Well, you can't saying. you can't carry anyway. I mean, it's it's still illegal to carry into a courthouse, but you don't have to go through security, which saves you a lot of time when you're bouncing back and forth between court buildings. And that's something that attorneys have to do: is you go from state court to superior court and back to state court. And if you have to stand in an hour line each time. It makes it hard to make all your appearances running back and forth between courtrooms. So, I mean, it makes some sense, but I don't know why they make it a requirement to be a member of their bar association rather than just a state bar association to be able to eligible to get the card to, to do because that. Because they want your money. Well, it, it's Cobb County. What can you say? So Cobb County is spending $1.2 million, and one of the things that they're spending this $1.2 million on is card readers, an access point, a new three more deputies, and a squad car. And you think, okay, well, three more deputies, squad car, we've got more people on the streets to do protection. But what it was going to boil down to is installing a security checkpoint to keep licensed gun owners from attending board of commissioner meetings and that's pretty much all it can come down to because 
With HB 60 last year, uh, the law was changed so that you can carry into a government building provided that the government building does, is not a jail, is not a courthouse, and does not have active security screening. And so to get around the fact that the Board of Commissioners meets in a place that is not the courthouse and it is not a jail, they've decided to spend an incredible sum of money to have active screening so that licensed carriers cannot carry into their building. Now, I know for a fact that the solicitor's office in Cobb County installed those metal detectors on july 1st of last year correct and because they don't want anybody coming into the solicitor's office and this is just the an extra degree of lunacy in my book because if you think about it before if we go before hb60 there was nobody to stop a bad person from carrying a gun into the board of commissioners meeting and shooting a board of commissioner is it, there's, there was nothing to stop this, someone who had that evil intent in their heart from having it happen. Yeah, so why are we trying to stop the honest people from coming in with guns? Because at least if there's an honest person sitting there with a gun, if a bad guy comes in with a gun, the person that was going to get shot might have a fighting chance for somebody defending them. Exactly. And here we have, it's been a year since HB 60 passed. We're coming up on July 1st, and none of this is going to be implemented before July 1st. So we've had a whole year of Nothing licensed happening. gun owners being able to carry their gun into the Board of Commissioners meeting with no incidents. And yet they want to spend $1.2 million of taxpayer money so that they don't have to be confronted by anybody who might be legally carrying a firearm. So why are they that afraid of their own constituents? See, that leads me to believe that there's some corruption going on in Cobb County that they're afraid people will know about and want to take care of. Well, I, you know, we have legitimate ways to take care of problems in the county if there's something going on that people don't like there's you know we hold elections we have public hearings maybe even public hearings that are announced prior to the vote so that people can get out and actually protest about it unlike this last vote on tuesday but the i don't think that there's a licensed gun owner in the state who looks at this you know the lack of a security checkpoint go ah here's my chance i can walk in and shoot them if they don't vote the way i like that just is not the way gun owners think no, but occasionally you have the one wacko that says, oh, there's no security checkpoint. I can carry an AR-15 in there and nobody will get upset. So how does that play out? Mm. Then they contact the media and say, hey, nobody noticed that I carried an AR-15 into blah, blah, blah building. And the media covers it when somebody's just looking for their 15 minutes of fame. I guess. <laughs> So and that's the worst thing that could happen. I, I mean, I don't see where any of your legal gun owners, at least not the crew I hang out with, and I hang out with a lot of them that would be interested in going in there and trying to start a fuss with their firearm. Statistics have shown that people who have a carry permit are the safest people to be around nationwide. You're we more try likely not to have confrontations where we want to use our firearms. You're more likely to be shot by a police officer than by someone who is lawfully carrying a firearm on a civilian permit. You're more likely to be killed by a doctor with medical malpractice than you are by a firearm. And even contrary to the AJC's fact-bending in their article a few weeks ago that we covered, you're more likely to die in a car wreck than ever be shot at. So the truth of the matter is is that this this makes no sense. Why would you spend this money? And you know, there's an, there was an article in the Marietta Daily Journal where they, they were able to get an interview with the the Board of Commissioners to get some reasoning. And we'll discuss that when we come back from our commercial break. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. And 
now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. So as we were saying as we went into the commercial break, the Board of Commissioners was interviewed at, by the Marietta Daily Journal, and apparently they, they decided to answer that request for an interview. And we see that they had spoken with the newspaper about some of their reasoning on why they needed to spend all this money to protect themselves from law-abiding citizens. So what is that reasoning? They said that they looked at what other counties were doing. So apparently, monkey see, monkey do is sufficient grounds for spending $1.2 million in Cobb County. So where's the other counties that are doing this? Because I haven't seen any of that in the news. I haven't either. And I don't, I don't really, well, maybe the other counties did it without spending $1.2 million, which would, you know, make less of a splash. If the Board of Commissioners in another county decided to have their meetings at the courthouse, then they would be covered under existing Georgia law. Or if they decided to use an existing location that has screening, you know, Cobb County has the, like you said, the solicitor's office has a screening in it, even though it's not a courthouse, and that's where the grand jury meets. So there's plenty of room to be holding these meetings in a place where screening is already in place and there would be no additional cost. So, it, again, it boggles the mind. Why did they deem it necessary to spend so much money to protect themselves from law-abiding citizens? And see, that's exactly it. It does only protect against law-abiding citizens because basically before HB 60, it was illegal for everyone to carry in, but the only people that would have carried in would have been people that were Going looking to break, to break the, law. the law. Well, I mean, still yet, the people that will carry in now are honest people, but the same bad people that were looking to break the law are still going to carry it in with regards dropped to human life or... The only the only way you can justify this, the only way that this becomes reasonable is if they can cite a th- credible threat that they believe that people are more likely to come in and shoot at them now than they have ever before in Georgia history. And that was one of the reasons why I reached out. Is I wanted to hear if they had a legitimate reason to say that they had substan- you know, credible, substantive threats to the Board of Commissioners, that they believed that people were going to now attempt to shoot them up, and it would not be related to lawful gun carriers at that point. Now we're talking about a terrorist group or a vigilante group that wants to go and attack the Board of Commissioners. And if that's the case, maybe they do need to have, you know, law armed law enforcement screening in front of their face. But what caused that change? Because that change would have had to have happened just now, because it's been a whole year that lawful gun owners can carry into the Board of Commissioners meetings. And before that, even though no one was allowed to, there was no stopping them for decades before. So we'll what never changed? see a security screening. They're going to use that 1.2 mil on like beer and hookers. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think that's true. I think that they're they're going to use the money as they voted for it. You know, Ford O believed that they needed this one point two million dollars of protection, but from who? From you, well, from me. There's no reason to be afraid of a law-abiding gun owner, and I think that that's one of the the real issues here. And I, I'm sick and tired. See, that's the of issue the fear. with all of these groups too. Like Moms Demand Action and Every Town USA is they all are afraid of law-abiding gun owners and they're wanting to press laws into effect that regulate law-abiding gun owners. 
but they don't seem to realize that the people that are doing the things that make them scared are not the law-abiding gun owners, but they're convicted felons that aren't supposed to have firearms in the first place. Or people with evil intent. I mean, that, that's the, the, the fallacy is they're trying to portray that anyone who owns and carries a gun has evil intent in their heart. And that's just not true. That's like saying everyone who owns or drives a car wants to drive drunk. And I'm sick and tired of this kind of fearful well, that's reasoning. That's half of the fun of owning a car, isn't it, Doug? Driving drunk. I mean, you know, waking up the next morning wondering how you got home. <laughs> people don't act like that. No, they don't. Normal people do not act like that, and you're right. And the people that do act like that are people that are a criminal element. And, and typically these people are... We have lower IQ and <laughs> we have plenty of laws to regulate criminal behavior. Why are we trying to regulate lawful gun owners as criminals? The truth of the matter is, is we can't regulate criminal behavior without lawful gun, gun owners. The crime stops with the firearms when honest people carry firearms, as oh. in Oklahoma. The campus carry bill was passed in Oklahoma in 2008. Ever since teachers and faculty started carrying guns on campus, there's not been a single campus shooting in the whole state of Oklahoma. Let's compare that to Georgia Tech last year. Oh, Georgia Tech? How many shootings were on Georgia Tech last year? More than none. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, that's and it, it was ranked one of the ten most dangerous campuses in in America. Um, we we see this over and over again, and the Board of Regents has, has finally had to take action and, and say that they're going to install more, you know, rape whistles, panic boxes, panic boxes. Oh, that's yeah, great. so that you know, after you get the shit beat out of you, that you can be calling the police for them to come take your statement. Well, after I mean, you get stabbed, you can like drag your bloody carcass to one of those call boxes is that what you're saying yeah you're more likely to make it there before you completely bleed out i i'm you know the, the point of law enforcement is not to stop crime it's to catch criminals and the only way you can stop crime is to be there instantaneously and the only two people who are at a crime scene are the criminal and the, and the victim. victim so who is going to stop the criminal the victim has to and that's when you have to decide that you're not going to be victimized and I decided not to be victimized, and I started carrying a firearm. So tell me a little bit about your plans going to this uh, meeting that's sponsored. It's not a meeting of Moms Demand Action. No, but it's, it's sponsored, sponsored by. by Moms Demand Action. And it's a discussion of apparently the horrible gun laws. gun laws we've passed in Georgia over the past few years. And what about the children? Mm-hmm. The, the children are at risk, don't you know? <laughs> but anyway. Won't somebody please think about the children? Oh, these. Okay, moms demand action. First off, these women really tick me off. They make me want to just like scream and pull their hair out. They don't seem to, to get it that the people that they're trying to control aren't the problem. But secondly... I want to go in there and try to explain to these dumb bimbos that the people they're trying to control aren't the problem. I don't think we'll get anywhere because you cannot explain to a stop sign why it should say go and make it change its mind. Well, I don't think that there's any any point arguing 
to mom 's demand action, but there 's a whole lot of good arguing with mom demand well action. I, I believe that this is also um, from what I understand it 's a membership rally it 's some kind and of if informational I can make someone rally. there see the error of their ways before they join up with these broads then I have in some way done something good. <laughs> You know, I would really encourage you to invite them to come on the show next week. I would rather not have to sit in a room with them, but if you want to interview them on your own, you can be my guest. I would like to. If you, if, I would ask you while you're there to extend an invitation to them to come on the show, just like we did to Tim Lee mm-hmm. and all of his subordinates and anyone at his office who wanted to call in by the deadline, which they uh, have re- apparently refused to do. We, we tried because uh, I really wanted to hear their reasoning on why they wanted to spend $1.2 million to keep lawful citizens from attending meetings. See, here at GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, we try to be fair and balanced and allow someone to have an opportunity to defend themselves before we berate them on the radio. <laughs> However, if they choose not to come on and defend themselves and voice their side of the topic, then they're fair game. Well, I I do my best to, to reach out timely. Now, I wish I could have given them a little more notice, but from when I heard about the vote until uh, we were making the decision for today's show topic, was I, I had about three-hour window there. I gave them three and a half hours to to get on the show even though we we're way over our deadline and the people here at the station were jumping up and down at us to get get rolling um i tried to give them as much time as possible i not only did i email to make have a written record that i did reach out to them but i also called and spoke to the assistant there who said that she had let them know that i had tried to reach out to them and even passed them a note specifically to try to re- get them to contact us so i've done my due diligence they should be on this show if they really had any concern for the way that their vote was being characterized. And you see the people on Facebook just just flipping out over government waste, over government waste. A, a government that does not trust its people. You know, and Thomas Jefferson said, when there's tyranny is when the people are afraid of their government. Liberty is when the government is afraid of its people. And so that means the residents of Cobb County are living in the most liberty they've ever had. Apparently. The Board of Commissioners is so scared they're installing metal detectors. Yeah. And I think that this is a very interesting problem. And I, I want to kind of diverge off to talk a little bit about fear and what fear is doing to us as a society and us as you know org members because this is something that is is playing on both sides we see this from the board of commissioners that they're afraid of their constituents and lawful gun owners are a large and active part of their constituents remember kennesaw which is a part of cobb county requires the ownership of a firearm unless you have uh, mental health or religious reasons not to uh, this is a very pro-gun population in not really metro Atlanta. I mean, Cobb County is just outside the perimeter, and they have a, a much different view. And here we see a board of commissioners that does not trust its people. And the people, maybe they don't trust their board of commissioners. And I I, I wouldn't blame them if the board of commissioners feels a need to employ $1.2 million to protect itself against me. What are they doing? As you said before. So I, I think that this is just a, a horrible, horrible example of fear running amok. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about fear in other contexts. You're listening to georgiacarry.org radio. And 
And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. When we took our break, we were starting to t- discuss fear in the, the context of carrying of firearms, really. And here we have, we've been discussing this, this atrocious decision, a unanimous decision by the Cobb County Board of Commissioners to spend $1.2 million out of fear of law-abiding citizens. And I, I'm flabbergasted at a choice like that being made in in a very gun-friendly area i mean this is some place where you don't have to worry about you know getting a a chief law enforcement sign off for your class three weapon this is a place that has the largest gun dealer in the southeast sitting right in the center of their county and adventure outdoors this is a place where people own guns left right and center and are proud of it they have multiple ranges doesn't Cobb county have a Glock manufacturer? Yeah, yeah. Glock USA is in Smyrna and Cobb County, which is part of the greater Smyrna metro area. So here we have a county that is really involved in firearms by the population and a board of commissioners that's terrified of them. And so I'm left wondering, why why is there so much fear around lawful gun owners of all people we are the safest we are the most respected we're the most respectable we are the calmest people in society so what i have made of this is your your people that are afraid of gun owners aren't afraid of gun owners they're afraid of guns doesn't matter who's carrying them it's because they can't look at us and tell whether they're we're the good guy or the bad guy but my defense for that is the bad guy doesn't want you to know he's got the gun the good guy if you didn't make us so afraid of you as a democratic liberal gun grabber, then maybe we would carry our guns in the open and you would know for sure that we were the good guys because we weren't afraid to show you that we had the gun to protect you with. You know, that's a great idea is the idea of open carry as a distinction from someone with nefarious intent. But why won't we open carry? It's because we're afraid of gun grabbers and we're afraid of prosecution and losing time with our family, having to go into debt for criminal defense and... Well, not every criminal defense attorney is horribly expensive. I, I know that there are some attorneys who go out there and gouge eighteen grand for two hearings or some ridiculous BS like that, and those people need to be disbarred. I'm just I'm going to be flat out honest. If you're gouging your clients to try to make ends meet, then you don't have any business being a lawyer. Well, go be a garbage man. I know a specific Cobb County attorney who did, in fact, make $18,000 off of two hearings and would bill $250 for every email yeah. His paralegal sent. Paralegal's time is not worth two hundred fifty dollars an hour. By the way, especially two hundred fifty dollars for a five minute email. Just I, I don't even think an attorney's time is worth two hundred fifty dollar two hundred fifty dollars an hour out of court. In court, yeah, I, I see two fifty three hundred, no big deal. But out of court, come on. I mean, this just be reasonable. And I think that there are. You know, attorneys who give attorneys bad names, but then there are some people out there who actually believe in things and who will do a jury trial for 500 bucks. Unfortunately, if you took every person who got convicted or got prosecuted on a gun crime, if we all started trying to open carry with all these liberal fear mongers out there, we would be swamped at the law. I don't think so. I really don't think so. And I think that if people were less afraid of the system, that the system would work better. And I think that that's part of the problem. The reason people are afraid of the system is because we're aware that it doesn't work. But the reason it doesn't work is because people are afraid. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. No, the reason it doesn't work is because we already know, we've watched, 
it be the revenue system for the county. And the reason they have $1.2 million to spend in the first place is because of the court that's right across the street from them okay, getting that money brought in. Let's play out a hypothetical scenario. All right, Jesse? I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to give me an honest answer. Let's say that you had 500 people start open carry in Cobb County all the time. Okay. And the people out there in Cobb County are afraid of open carriers, so they call the police on these 500 people who are out there open carrying. And the police decide that this is enough of a nuisance that now they want to do something about it, and so they arrest some of them. What do you think would be a a proportion that would be reasonable that they would start arresting to make a point? Would they arrest just one? Two percent. Two percent. Okay. So you're looking at how many people then? Two percent of... 500 is 10 people. 10 people. All right. So now you've got 10 cases in coming into Cobb County State Court for a misdemeanor. Now, under normal re- reasoning, people get afraid of the system and they plead out and the system has no n- n- negative impact. But let's say that all 10 of those people, instead of being afraid of the system, were courageous and said, I want a jury trial. I want a week-long jury trial. Now, remember that in Cobb County, they only do criminal cases every other week. They usually do two weeks at a time and then two weeks of civil. So those 10 cases will tie up 20 weeks of criminal jury court. No, it won't, because the solicitor over there will call you the day before the trial and go, hey, um, apparently they were practicing their Second Amendment rights, and we didn't have the right to file 20 counts of blah, blah, blah on them. So let's reduce that to... One count of blah, blah, blah. If they'll plead, they can serve one day in jail. And if you're afraid of the system, you say yes. If you're not afraid of the system, you say no, because I'm going to be acquitted. And you go to trial. 20 weeks of the entire courts being tied up, doing nothing but these cases and losing over and over again, would set a precedent in the mind of every officer that this isn't worth doing. And it would not happen anymore. That it would take the fear from the, the people and put the fear in the government. Because the government does not want to have to go through and waste thousands and thousands of dollars and pointless prosecutions. Okay, so let's take campus carry, for instance. Mm-hmm. If I decided that I'm sick of it and the law was passed last year that said I could carry on campus. And I open carry my gun onto a campus and I get arrested. You get arrested because it's not in the book. And I'm the one person that has the testicular fortitude to do this Mm -hmm. and i have to hire a defense attorney and go through all that Mm -hmm. by the way georgia carry does not recommend anybody goes and tries to campus nobody got a lawsuit nobody nobody break the law we'll fight it some other way we're trying to fight it the right way but if if i decided that i was going to be vigilante and try to fight this and I would go into court, and they would not be able to find that law in the books, and I would get convicted, and I well, would file an appeal. What would you do first? And, uh, you know, about $100,000 later, I may eventually get this off of my record. What you do first, instead of letting them convict you and just say there's no law about it, you, you bring up the bill that was passed as a law, and then you argue um, that the law is the law. And that this law should apply. Then what the judge is going to do is he's going to do a, a mo. A, you're going to put, file a motion for dismissal based on the law that was passed. Judge is going to say it's not in the code book, so I can't see that. And then you ask for an appeal. Have you been convicted? No. So then that goes to the court of appeals, and the court of appeals has to rectify what's going to happen between the two. Now in the meantime, they're going to be begging you. 
hey, please plead out. Please plead out. Please plead out. We'll let you plead out to something else. How about you plead out to jaywalking? But if you are not afraid of the system, you'll get a good case law. And that's what it comes down to. If you're some afraid, good case law, then you know you really don't need to change the law on the books because then you've got a precedent law. set. Yeah, and it, it, it fixes everything. Now, let's say that you get bad case law. Well, then you have to have faith in the system that you go to the legislature and wave the judge's ruling in front of the legislature's nose and say, fix this. And you have to have faith that the legislature will fix this. Either we as citizens believe in the system and then we do not have any fear in going to court or we do not believe in the system, in which case all of this is pointless. and We should just do whatever we want anyway, because it doesn't matter in the system. I believe that they throw innocent people in jail every day. Well, I think that they throw innocent people in jail. Yes, but I don't think that they throw innocent people in prison. I think that there's a big difference. And that difference comes in the jury and the difference comes in the appeals and the difference comes in the legislature. And you'll see, you know, one of the things that we were talking about, good, the bad, and the ugly, was Governor Christie pardoning somebody who was carrying a gun in, in his state. I mean, the, you, there's all of these ways to correct the injustice that happens. I believe and, that more bad people are acquitted by juries than good people are acquitted by juries. Well, that or then good people are acquitted or convicted? Qu- acquitted. Okay. I believe that good people get convicted of things that they did not do more than bad more than people. bad people get convicted of things they actually did. I I take a very different stance. I think that by and large juries get it right. I'm not too sure about the bench, but the juries by and large well, the bench get it right. never gets it right because the bench is out to make revenue for the county. At a certain level, yeah, but at a higher level, no. That's why we have appeals to superior court to look at things. And a superior court judge typically has a good sense of what the law really is, and that's where that comes in. Now, well, sometimes what the law is and what the law isn't doesn't determine sometimes whether a person truly did something or not no that's a fact question and that should always be in front of a jury i mean if you have a fact-based discrepancy that's a jury question and always should be but judges are supposed to decide what law is and then give that law to the jury judges always use the the police who we know because we've seen them lie you personally as a defense attorney have seen police get on the stand and lie yes i have they use them as founders of fact, and they always go by what the police officer no, says the, as fact. In, in, in hearings where the judge is the finder of fact, the judge is, not the officer. But the judge tends to side with the officer. I've seen judges call them my officers from the bench. I, I mean, it, there See, is a definite collusion that comes in at certain levels. But at higher levels, it does not. And in jury trials, it does not. So I, that's the ultimate bulwark against corruption. Folks, we're up on our last commercial break. We will be right back to talk more about fear in the legal system. And now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, folks. We're in our final segment. Still no word from, from uh, Tim Lee's office in any way, shape, or form. Uh, no phone calls, no emails. So I guess we're bringing this into the home stretch without any comment from them whatsoever on their $1.2 million boondoggle as they're afraid of law-abiding citizens. So, folks, 
we've been talking about whether you have faith in the system or not. And if you have faith in the system, then you should be not afraid of case law. You should not be afraid of going to court. You should not be afraid of a trial because the right will win out and you were, your rights will be upheld. If the you right have no, will never win out in court. Don't you understand that our, our judicial system is broken? I, I can't say that. You can't say that because you're a lawyer. But as a victim of the judicial system, I can stand here and say that the judicial system is broken. When you have a good lawyer on your side, then it works. You end up pleading to a ticket where you were not speeding. Good lawyer, bad lawyer, no lawyer at all. Yeah. You're getting screwed without any Vaseline. And I, I'll give you, I'll give you that when in traffic cases and strict liability cases, yeah, it, it's virtually impossible to win. It doesn't matter what case you take a divorce and what's right and what's wrong. Somebody's getting screwed. You take criminal cases. Period. All, rape okay, case. Here, here, hold Who on, hold suffers on, hold in, on. A, in a rape trial? Let's, the victims suffer let's, again. Let's break out civil from criminal, okay? Because in civil, everybody loses. If you could have worked it out on your own, you would always be better off than in civil court. So civil is just a losing predicament no matter which way you look at it. But when you shift to criminal, now you've got the state trying to impose sanctions on somebody for behavior and there are a lot of places in that line that are set up to help the defendant and a lot of people say oh look at the revolving door of justice defendants get off easy they don't get convicted they're they're out on the street a week after they committed a crime well all of that is set up to keep one innocent person from being convicted and in criminal court whether the standard is beyond a reasonable doubt a good lawyer can make sure that your rights are protected and bad prosecutors can make you look like you did something you did not do. Yeah, they're no matter how they deceitful. will always get a doctor or a DNA specialist that will come in and tell their side of the story. And, and if you have a dumb jury, which typically a lot of juries are pretty dumb. Have you ever tried to get out of jury duty? I, I don't ask to ask you specifically, but I ask to ask every single listener. Have you ever tried to get out of jury duty? I am disinclined to answer your question. If, if you try to get out of jury duty, aren't you the problem with why the system isn't working? Because the intelligent people aren't on the juries that we need? That's I. If I got an opportunity to serve on a jury, I would love it. Because it would bring common sense into a jury pool. And I think that every person who's willing to wear a gun saves lives button needs to be willing to get on a jury to protect people who our rights are being infringed upon. Well, I'm sure in a self-defense shooting where somebody's being tried for murder, the last person they're going to want to put on the jury is someone that's wearing a gun saves lives button. Just saying. I, I, I agree that it's going to be hard. But let me tell you, I had a case once where I'm the, the criminal defense attorney and we were picking a jury. Not you. And there, I'm in there with three other defense attorneys and two prosecutors, right? Because it was a, a multi-count indictment with multiple defendants. And it was a mess. And so we're picking jurors and throwing them off. And I start to, in voir dire, ask this gentleman on the jury about, you know, guns. Because it was a case that involved a shooting. And he says, yeah, I own a gun. I was like, okay, what do you got? He says, 44 Magnum. And I keep it right on my nightstand for, for people like your client. And I look over there, and the other two attorneys like strike his name out. And I said, "Really, forty-four Magnum, Smith and Wesson, Ruger? What?" He says, "It's a Ruger." I said, "Oh, Red Hawk or Black Hawk?" And he kind of blinked and looked at me a second. And he smiled. And he said, "Red Hawk." I was like, 
nice choice. And I moved on. When we got to throwing off people, I went and said, look, I'm going to ask to sever my client if they throw off this juror because I want him that badly that it's infringing on my client's rights to pick a fair and impartial jury. And the judge sided with me and the other two withdrew their objection. Dude turns out to be the foreman, foreman on the case, ready to kill my client, right? Not guilty, all counts. So not every defense attorney throws off the gun saves lives people and not every gun saves lives people is, is interested in throwing the book at someone accused of a crime if they can't prove the crime. And that's where the system works is because even though that prosecutor thought this was a slam dunk case, he couldn't prove his crime. The jury knew better and a gun owner who knew what freedom and rights meant stood up for those defendants and let them go free where, like they should have. So let's put the juries just the whole jury pool we'll we'll use gco members to pick them i think that uh, a gun owner and someone who is legally and lawfully licensed to carry is a perfect juror in every case i I think that putting your freedom at risk for any cause is is a very bad idea i think it's noble and if you're not willing to risk it, then you're too afraid to use it. So why don't we let you carry the first gun into a school and see what happens? Because then there'd be no one to defend me. Nobody to defend you. See, and that's the, the issue a lot of people is I can't afford a defense. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've had an awful lot of people come to me and say they can't afford a defense. And then they they get a really good lawyer to defend them and to take up their cause and to, and. You know, nobody can work for free, but there's a, a difference between being an $18,000 per hearing money-grubbing jerk and being someone who believes in humans and human freedom and wanting to see the system work. And, you know, ever since I paid off my law school loans, I've shifted more into the second camp. <laughs> and I'm married to the one honest attorney in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, I mean, we need to get more yeah, involved. I need to say, you know, Ed Stone seems like a pretty honest guy, too. Yeah. I have my questions about some of the others I've met. Oh, no, the other guy. What's the guy we interviewed? John Monroe. John Monroe was awesome. Yeah, John he's Monroe's really awesome. Ed, Ed is a nice guy. He has no sense of humor, but he's a nice guy. And we're hoping to get him on here so he can tell some of his dry jokes. So he can, like, talk down to us, you know, be condescending means to talk down mm-hmm. to yeah what a sig line i i i need a straight man for some of my jokes and i figure that th- this is my opportunity we'll get ed on here and we will have some fun um more fun than we could have with tim lee because he won't return our calls you anyway mentioning that <laughs> it's really bothering me because here's an opportunity for him to to justify what they're doing there and they don't want to justify it. they want to hide behind police escorts and not have to answer to the people so i gotta ask you old timmy why haven't I heard from you? <laughs> or anyone from your office, a media liaison, a secretary, the person who brings you your donuts in the morning, the somebody. person that photocopies their face on the coffee machine at lunchtime. <laughs> there you somebody. go. The intern. Have the intern call in and justify. Because, you know, if you're spending $1.2 million, the reasoning should be so self-apparent that nobody could question That's $1.2 million of my money and your money and your neighbor's money and your friend's money and not, anybody who pays taxes in Cobb County. Not my money because I'm smart enough not to live in Cobb well, County. Thank true. you. I don't live in Cobb County. But still, it, it's the residents of Cobb County's money 
and they should have to answer for why. No, no one should live in a county where they won't let you have chickens. I'm just saying. <laughs> that I mean, was, this that was city of Roswell, and that's well, a different Cobb, story. Cobb will, Cobb will let you apply for a chicken license, and it's 150 dollars to apply for the license. And to date, they've never issued a license. Mm. Well, again. Anyway, <laughs> now we're coming up on the on the part of the show where we typically discuss membership and and how to join. Join GCO. And you can join GeorgiaCarry.org by going to the website. Of course, the website is GeorgiaCarry.org, and you can go and click on membership and and pay for a membership there. And your membership, you'll get a membership card, and you can be part of your local chapters. Go and to the local chapter meetings. The local chapter meetings are also a good place to to join. Get uh, good they're food. open to the public. Um, they're, they're at restaurants. There's typically good food. Doug King is a very big food fan driven of good food. Um, and some of them go to shooting ranges. There's a lot of functions going on. You'll meet a lot of really nice people who share interests with you. Not as much food at the shooting ranges. You can also find us at local festivals. Where there's also food. There's also food. Uh, what is it with you and food? It's not lunchtime yet. I'm hungry. I forgot to feed you breakfast this morning. That's what it is. Yeah. Omelets for Doug. Anyway, um, you can go to a local festival and find GeorgiaCarry.org. Um, usually a booth set up, membership table, along with some Georgia Carry um, items, stickers, mugs, pins, lapel pins, etc. Uh, we love to be at the local gun and knife shows. If you find a local gun or knife show, go there and you will find Georgia Carry. Also, if you're listening to us online, call your local radio station and say, I want to listen to GeorgiaCarry.org radio on your station because we can get on their station. It won't cost them a dime and we can get hooked up for syndication there. Just have them email us at radio at GeorgiaCarry.org or let us know which station you've reached out to and we'll reach out to them too and talk to the station manager and let know how to syndicate georgiacarry.org radio georgiacarry.org radio also has a facebook page go like us hundreds of likes listen to the latest broadcasts get recipes and sometimes comment on funny photos that doug or i found online yes um we have really enjoyed this topic this week it's it's been a pretty good discussion for doug and i and i'm sure he and i are going to argue about it in the car on the way home try to we're just a typical married couple. <laughs> even even when Tim Lee does not show up, we can eke out a radio show. So I've got to say this before we leave. We missed you, old Timmy. And we'll be back next week with more info from Moms Demand Action and how Jesse tore him a new one. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. See you back here at the same station, same time. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.